Welcome to the Drive Deeper Podcast, where we gather together on your morning commute to dive deeper into the scripture and give you a word to meditate on the rest of the day so that you can walk closely with the Lord during your busy week. So today we're looking at a couple of verses in Jeremiah 3. And in this passage, we're going to see God comparing um, his covenant relationship with his people to a a marriage covenant. And uh, in this marriage covenant, one of the spouses has been unfaithful and leaves their spouse. Now, Uh, We live in a time in our country where the divorce rate is about 50%. So many of us are connected uh, with people we love who have been divorced, or maybe there are some listening who, who even have been divorced themselves. Now, how many of you know somebody who's been divorced from a perfect spouse? Obviously, Nobody. A divorce doesn't happen without failures, without damage being done, without much hurt, often betrayal. And yet in this passage, as well as uh, part of chapter two that we're going to, that we're going to look back at, displays God as the perfect spouse that Israel abandons, has done nothing wrong, has only loved and cared for them, provided for them, and yet Israel says, no, it's not enough. So in Jeremiah 3, we'll start in verse 6. The Lord said to me in the days of King Josiah, have you seen what she did? The faithless one, Israel, how she went up on every high hill and under every green tree, and there played the whore. And I thought, after she has done all this, she will return to me. But she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. She saw that for all the adulteries of that faithless one, Israel, I had sent her away with a decree of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister, Judah, did not fear, but she too went and played the whore. Because she took her whoredom lightly, she polluted the land, committing adultery with stone and tree. Yet for all this, her treacherous sister, Judah, did not return to me with her whole heart, but in pretense, declares the Lord. And so this is so sad. The Lord says, okay, Jeremiah, have you seen this? I have loved my people. I have cared for them. I have been a faithful spouse to them. And despite this, my people have gone and, and had relationship with countless other gods. In describing 
their spiritual adultery as going up on every high hill and under every green tree. These are, these are places where worship, where sacrifice, where offerings would happen and be made. And so they have turned away from him. They have betrayed him. They have sought others instead of him. And God says, well, they'll realize their mistakes. They'll see what they've done. They'll see what they're missing and they'll, they'll come back to me. They'll return. But they didn't. They did not return to him after going after other gods. And so this was true of the northern kingdom, Israel. And as a result of this, the Assyrian Empire comes in and conquers and they're sent into exile. And Judah sees this. The southern kingdom, Judah, witnesses what happens when the people and their leaders and, and their priests and prophets go after false gods. And yet they do not learn. Matter of fact, they become even worse than the northern kingdom Israel. Judah even surpasses them in spiritual adultery. And yet listen to the heart of the Lord. Verse 12 says, go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will not look on you in anger for I am merciful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt that you rebelled against the Lord, your God and scattered your favors among foreigners under every green tree and that you have not obeyed my voice declares the Lord. Return, O faithless children, declares the Lord, for I am your master. And so despite how he has been treated, the Lord is waiting with open arms for them to return. He doesn't want to just cast them away. He, he doesn't give them one chance and two chances. And, and then he says, I'm done. You've betrayed me. You've, be, you've been so unfaithful. I, I can't imagine taking you back. You know, in the first couple of verses of Jeremiah 3, he says, you know, when a, man, when a woman goes and, and commits adultery against her husband, will he take her back? She's been with another man. Can, can he ever look at her the same? And yet God's question is, and yet will my people return to me? He says it's typically the one who has been, been cheated on, who has been hurt, who questions, will I take you back? But he says, my people have committed adultery against me, and they're questioning whether they're even going to return to me. It's just so sad. In Jeremiah 2, the Lord reflects on the younger years of their covenant relationship. In chapter 2, verse 2, he says, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who ate of it incurred guilt. Disaster came upon them. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the clans of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what wrong did your fathers see in me? 
What wrong did your fathers find in me that they went far from me and went after worthlessness and became worthless? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness, in the land of deserts and pits, the land of drought and deep darkness, and a land that none passes through and where no man dwells? So I remember the love you had for me when I brought you out of Egypt, and it wasn't perfect. You hurt me then, but I remember your love for me. What happened? Your fathers went far from me. What what did they find wrong that I did? I was perfect to them, as I've been to you. And despite this, despite their inability to find any fault in me, They went far from me to seek after things that were worthless when what they already had was beyond infinite value. They forgot what he had done. They didn't say, where is the Lord? Where, uh, where's the one that we love? Where, where did he go? He's not with me right now because I've abandoned him. I've walked far from him. They forgot everything he did for them. How the way that he provided for them was was impossible. He kept millions of people in Israel alive in the desert for 40 years in a place that nobody could dwell. And he kept them alive. And despite this, they pushed him away and sought after worthless things instead. And they didn't even want to turn back. And I think, man, why is there ever in my heart a desire for anything besides him? There's there's nothing better than him. Nothing even comes close. Second, second place to the Lord is infinitely less nothing even comes close so why do we seek after other things to try and satisfy us do we really think that we can't find that satisfaction in him do we really think we'll be better off if we if we abandon him for something else each one of us has has sought satisfaction in things besides the lord And he's waiting with open arms for us to return. He says, if you would just recognize that you have disobeyed me and and that you have, have sought after false gods, sought after sin instead of me, if you would just confess that and recognize it and turn from it, I am waiting for you to return. Come back to your first love. Walk with me again. Be close to me again. Look into my eyes with affection like you did the first day you met me. Where are we at in our relationship with the Lord? What do we need to leave behind today? 
What is distracting us and catching our gaze so that we're turning our eyes away from him rather than fixing them upon him moment by moment? He is the perfect spouse. Isn't it time that we start treating him the same way he treats us?